Welcome to Zenergy, the interactive podcast providing resources for building a better life. I am Zen Ashea. I'm your conduit, your coach, and your catalyst to that better life. A coach draws out hidden potential in the subject. A conduit provides a connection and a catalyst sparks change. So the last time we were here, we were actually talking about endurance. And this topic is related to that, the idea of bouncing back. You know, can you bounce back? Have you bounced back? You might want to think about that. Probably everybody has bounced back from something at some time in their life. Some of us seem to do it faster than others. Uh, Some of us seem to do it gracefully, like it's just an art for us. And some of us seem to struggle and fall all over ourselves as we bounce back, but we still do it. And so we are now in the hot dog days of summer and i'm telling you both of us were out in the heat no all three of us including my cameraman were out in the heat today so so we have had to in a sense bounce back a little bit just from the houston heat because that is some draining you know one of the ladies that i was vending with today she was like this heat is just disrespectful you know (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was draining. I was in it for like five hours today. I know my cameraman went to a graduation mm-hmm. and just was drained afterwards, you know, uh, just, oh, the heat. So there are things that are little and things that are much bigger that we have to bounce back from. And we're just going to kind of explore that topic today because I think it's relevant to everybody going through COVID, quarantine, going through just life. There's so many things that you have to bounce back from. And I think about some of the movies that inspire us so much. Like I think of Rocky. Mm. That is a story of bouncing back. One of my favorite movie quotes is when he's outside his restaurant talking to his son and his son is just whining and complaining. And he's like, life ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a mean and nasty place and it will knock you to your knees and keep you there if you let it. And then he says, it's not about how hard you can get hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Mm. That's how winning is done. And you know, that I always, that always just stuck with me the very first time I heard it. Cause we all can take a hit. But some people take the hit and quit. Some people take the hit and get bitter. Some people take the hit and and complain and whine and they just, they they stay stuck. And then other people take the hit and they keep moving forward. They bounce back. And I don't know what all makes the difference. You know, I guess we can discuss that. You know, what makes the difference between somebody that takes the hit and quits takes the hit and complains and someone who keeps moving forward. But to me, every single person that you look at in life, whether they're dead or alive, they had to bounce back from something. Nobody gets to success in a straight line. Everybody has had setbacks. Everybody has gotten knocked off their path. Everybody has had some kind of unexpected uh, delay or betrayal or disappointment. And, um, you know, 
I have to give credit where credit is due. My son is with me on this episode and he actually said, you know, I want to do an episode. And I was like, Hey, okay, what's the topic? And he said, bouncing back. I was like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) And then I was thinking to myself, you know, I had made a whole list of topics before I started this podcast that was not even on there bouncing back. I did have resilience later on, but, but I'm, I'm glad we're going to cover this now. Cause you know, actually bouncing back is the whole purpose of synergy. It's like the whole reason the whole podcast was created mm. because I had lost all the shows, all the artists had lost all the shows. And I was really dumbfounded as to how to move forward. Like, what do you do? When there's no live shows and you're an artist, what do you do? Especially if you're used to performing every week, every two weeks, if that's your second income, like what do you do now? And then to come up with, okay, I'm going to open an e-commerce store. I can do that even in COVID and quarantine. I'm going to put all these designs that have been sitting on the shelf I'm going to put them out. I'm going to start submitting my writing. Let me see if I can get some money coming in that way. Um, And people have been telling me I should make a podcast. I'm going to take a podcasting class. Mm. I don't know anything about podcasting, but I'm going to take a class. And I'm going to come up with a topic, which I did, which which was basically kind of going through, like I said, the ABCs of all the ideas that came to me of what I still had. What I still had that had not been taken away from me from COVID, you know, I still had abundance. I still had courage. I still had choices. I still had balance in my life. I still had, you know, the ability to bounce back. That was not on my list, but I'm definitely adding it to synergy. Um, and really taking stock, reflecting, and then saying, okay, I want to talk about what we still have. I want to talk about how we can, make small changes that lead to big results, how we can basically have this urge. We all have this urge for more peace and fulfillment, how we can go on a a, a journey to getting there. And that's what Zenergy was all about. So why did you pick this topic that you came up with, you know, and what made you want to talk about this now? Well, I think now is a better time to talk about it than ever because more people are experiencing a troublesome time period now more than ever. Um, I think everybody can relate to difficulty um, in their life in any kind of way. I think that when you run into a situation where you say, what do I do now? Um, That literally just says you're simply living life. That lets you know that you are still living, you are here, you are in the world, you are trying to actualize yourself within it. I tell people all the time that our expectancy of life is what disappoints us. So what I mean by that is life in its natural order is a symphony of chaos. And what we have to do is develop our own tune and define our own rhythm within it to make it beautiful. What I know is I have experienced many setbacks 
And I noticed that the harder I went at life, the harder things got at times. But what I noticed is I did get higher up that mountain. But the only way I climbed over those rocks is I did have to get back up. And when I look back down after I've made great achievements, I noticed that it was never how many times I fell that I remembered, but it was how many times I pushed myself off the ground and know that I did and got back up and bounced back that really mattered to me. I know that when I look back over my life, what's going to really mean the difference is what I did right and not what I did wrong. And so what I think the difference between people is, is they get too attached to their mistakes and they get too attached to their failures. They start to accept it as themselves instead of understanding that it was a situation separate of themselves and it has nothing to do with the core of who they are. It is not a strike against their being. It is not a strike against their capability or their intelligence. It is unpredictability in the symphony of chaos that we are in, and we are trying to develop our tune. And until we find our rhythm, we are going to experience setbacks. But we have to be able to bounce back, or we will never get back to the point that we want to be in in our life. So with all of us experiencing difficulty, I mean, even if it's something simple as the venue shutting down and you not being able to do shows or the fast food restaurant shutting down and you just can't get a taco when you're trying to go to work. I mean, whatever your difficulty is, it was a setback that you had to find a way around. That's part of what life is about. If you don't develop that capability, you will not be able to take on life in its full potential. So I understand that, um, you know, a lot of people, they would love to talk about their successes, but they will not be as proud to talk about their failures. But the truth is their failures was the natural essence of how they got to success. And they did not have any ability to avoid that. And they're not going to be as proud to talk about that. And that's why I wanted to talk about it, because I am going to be the person that is proud to say, I know that my mess ups is what helped me get it right. And I'm not going to be the one that's too prideful to say, I did not mess up. I had it right the whole way and I knew exactly what I was doing because that would be a complete lie. But what I can say is everything that I did do wrong helped me learn how to do it right. And the faster that I did not allow those wrongs to attach me to them and keep me in that wrong, the faster I got it right. So that's the part of bouncing back. When you, <clears throat> when you bounce back, you have to separate yourself from the past. You have to understand that the past only defines what you allow it to. Facts. I'm not going to say that it will not define anything and it will not make up who you are because that is... 
That is partially true, but the fact is, it will only make up the parts of who you allow it to make up the parts of who you are. And you have to understand that you still have that control. And then when you think about the future, you have to separate yourself from that for a moment when you're bouncing back. Because you have to understand that there are so many factors of the future that are uncontrollable that you will have no ability to control or manipulate at all. You won't even be able to predict it. So what you have to do in the present is focus on the present. And I was sitting down with a CEO um, and we were having a conversation and it was a joke, but it was actually a very powerful truth that part of being an entrepreneur and being a great one is is knowing how to focus and and the funniest part about it is sometimes you can lose focus even knowing that that's the truth and and we were making a joke but it's the truth we were saying focus is actually the main focus <laughs> you know what i'm saying and and when it applies to bouncing back you have to focus on the present and the now and what needs to be done right then. You cannot, you have to separate yourself from the failure, from the past, from the mistakes, from the wrongs, whatever it may be, no matter how big or small. You have to understand that the bigger your goal is and the, the more that you're working towards that goal, the bigger your setbacks are going to be. And the more that they're going to come and the more achievements that you create in your life, nine out of ten times, you're going to experience a lot more failure than most. So if you notice anyone in their trail of success and you notice people who have surpassed what we would believed to be successful, people like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and all these people that had humble beginnings at times, we know that they experience setback. They experience embarrassment, disappointment. Some we know about, some we don't. Some televised, some not. But what we see now is their success. And we don't think about their failure anymore. These people are sending boxes to our house within a day from anywhere in the world, and these people are trying to send man to Mars. That's what we're thinking about now. When we think about Amazon and we think about Tesla, we're thinking about the amazing capabilities. We're not thinking about all of the struggles that these businesses had to overcome. Amazon literally had to restructure itself just to continue on. People don't know that for a long time it barely broke even. Now it's one of the most powerfully packed, comprehensive businesses in the world today. Well, speaking of that, and I'm going to bring John Ross in, in a minute. Coca-Cola, you know, I was watching this video on Instagram, and this guy was telling an entrepreneur you're doing your advertising all wrong. He said, you're focusing on the product. You're not selling a product, you're selling a feeling. And he said, let me show you our new commercial. It was a Coca-Cola commercial. 
and you saw 45 seconds of people at the beach running and playing. And then at the very end, there was a bottle of Coke. Very end. You didn't even know what the commercial was about. All you knew, the people were having fun. They were all loving each other. They were all just enjoying life. And then, you know, the slogan at the bottom was something like, you know, have a Coke and a smile or something like that, whatever. And he was like, we own the soft drink market. When people say, I want a soft drink, normally they say, I want a Coke. Even if they don't mean they want a Coke. They might mean they want a Sprite, but they say, I want a Coke. They're parts of the nation where you go in and order. I was watching The Shy, if, you, if anybody watches that. And the guy goes in and says, I want a Coke. And he goes, okay, what kind of Coke do you want? Okay, I want a fan of strawberry. Because literally, Coke has become the brand, right? that symbolizes soda so but i bring them up because the first year that they opened up they sold 25 bottles in a year that's two a month that's all they sold they could have quit but they didn't they bounced back so we think about these businesses that are multi-billion dollar businesses and, and we don't always think about how they started. And, and I love what you said about the symphony of chaos. That was a beautiful metaphor. Like, wow, there's all this chaos, but I am going to bring order to it. I'm going to see the rhythm and how my life fits into this chaos. And I'm going to make beauty out of this noise. And, um, on my Facebook, about a week and a half ago, this guy was listening to a cat, and the cat was going, no, 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 and, they do, and making this little song. And then he laid a bass track down, and then he came back and did harmony with that. And then he did another harmony. He put three-part harmony with the cat and the bass and added in a couple of instruments, and then he started singing, and in... A minute he had a whole track with a cat. <laughs> so the point is, you can make beauty out of garbage many times. And that's part of bouncing back. And, you know, you're talking about identity. Another thing that I heard that really stuck with me is it was a different take on the idea of the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. If you've ever heard of that, it's that some people have a fixed mindset. They think I am this, I can't change, I can't grow. And other people have a growth mindset of, no, I can learn anything, I can change anything, everything is adaptable. Well, a slightly different take on that was this quote that I heard, hold your identity loosely. Hmm. Hold your identity loosely. So many people will say, well, I'm lazy. I'm a failure. I'm, you know, I'm a screw up. I'm a whatever. And they define themselves in such negative, negative, negative ways. And they hold that so tightly that they're not even giving themselves an opportunity to grow. But if you say, well, right now, I really screwed that up. But I can do better. You know, you're not denying what happened. You're just realizing that it doesn't define you. And also realizing, okay, I got to screw up before I get it right. Like you were saying, every, every person who really succeeded, they actually tried a lot more and failed a lot more than the average person. If you look at a writer, any writer who's been published, 
I guarantee you they have hundreds of rejection letters for five or 10 or 15 or 20 acceptances, you know, because it takes all of that to get those. And so you have to have, and, and I will admit as a writer, there was a time when I used to be scared of rejection letters. I just stopped because it, it hurt my heart. I took it personally. You can't take that stuff personally. It has nothing to do with you. It really doesn't. It doesn't have anything to do with the quality of your work. A lot of times it has to do with they're looking for this specific thing at this specific time for this specific purpose. And either you're, you gave it to them or you didn't. You know, it's not personal. So, I really actually think that that's um, a great point to bring up. Um, one of the best things that changed my whole way of thinking when it comes to that, it was a book called Go For No. Hmm. Go For No. And it stuck out to me because... All my life, before I read that book, I was that type of person that said, man, I don't take no for an answer. I'm not hearing no. Da, 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 da. And I was very prideful in a sense. And my approach of things was very wrong. Um, I looked at the book and before I even wanted to read it, I turned around the back just like any other person would. And the funniest thing it said was, yes is the destination. No is how you get there. Hmm. So what it explained in the book was you actually come with more force when you have an expectancy of no because what you understand is you're going to get a yes eventually, but you have to hear no and be okay with that in order to get to the yes. And if you're not okay with no, then you're not gonna get that yes. You're not gonna push forward past the no's to get to the yes. So if you're developing in life and you're bouncing back, you have to sometimes go for no. You already know out the gate that this is not gonna work. No, I already know. But what you need to do is go for it anyways because doing so is gonna to get you an inch closer to where you need to be and that's what i believe is i like that i'm gonna have to read that book but it brought up two things of mine and i'm gonna bring up bring john rawson because i want to get his take on some of the things we're saying i was listening to um eric thomas and eric thomas was talking about how he was charging ten thousand dollars for people to hear him speak and his mentor says well that's a problem if everybody says yes when you say hey it's ten thousand dollars for me to speak He's like, double it. So Eric was like, double it? He was like, double it. And Eric said, okay. I went out and told him $20,000, and the mentor was like, uh, okay, how did that go? Well, they're still saying yes. He goes, no, no. We need to give them a number that's so big that they're going to come back and negotiate because we want to see where they're really valuing you. So tell them 10 times. Tell them $100,000. And then when they balk, if they balk, negotiate and see where the number falls. And now you know really how much you're valued in the market. Because right now, if everybody's agreeing to it, then they think that you're actually worth more than that. And you don't know your real value till you hit the wall of no. 
And then I heard another person say, when somebody gives you a no, thank them and say, why'd you say no? What, what made you say no? Because they might tell you how to get the next yes mm-hmm. by telling you what about your presentation turned them off or made them have doubts or whatever. You know, so yeah, that whole no thing, that bouncing back from the no is so scary at first, but then after yeah. a while you, you can, get over it. So yeah. I know you've been shaking your head. Will you want to tune in, say anything, our cameraman? I was just listening to what y'all were saying. And, you know, during this whole pandemic, you're hearing now that people are saying the city's opening up. The city's opening up. You know, we're we're getting to go outside again, people outside. And in the essence, that means that we're bouncing back. I think that um, when you talk about bouncing back, that's the commonality that everybody's had to deal with. If you've been affected by COVID-19, whether you lost your job or you've had to create a podcast or you've had to figure out a way to create to keep that creativity going. And that's the bounce back, like in terms of finding a way to not necessarily be where you were before, but to crawl back slowly, perfect yourself, work on some things that you didn't know that you had wrong before the pandemic. That noise part reminds me of COVID, like. Nobody could hear or see anything different. I don't want to go outside. You know, I'm going to get sick. I'm, we're quarantined. And then you create a podcast from that noise, which make, which is something was ugly and you made something beautiful out of that. You open up opportunities for people to come through and spread their creativity to your Facebook audience. You know, you open up a panel for your son to come. I come in. We're working together. That's beauty. And the noise, that chaos that he was talking about earlier. So I think the bounce back is, you know, just basically finding a way to start up going again. Yeah, I, I like um, how you say really start up going again um, because it reminds me of that's you know it reminds me of waking up. Sometimes bouncing back a lot of times is a lot like that. You have to wake up. It's almost like okay hold on, I lost my spirit, I lost my confidence, I'm not proud of myself, I don't want to even look at myself, I'm almost asleep to myself, so you got to snap out of it, you got to open your eyes up, and sometimes you just got to wake up and say, you know what, there is nothing wrong with me, there is nothing wrong with me, I might have some things I can learn, some behaviors I can change, and You know, there's things I can do with myself, but with the core of who I am and my natural being, there is absolutely nothing wrong. Well, you know, I like what you're saying and and, and to expound on that. I think that sometimes you were mentioning before expectations. 2020 was the year of what what just happened? You know, what, what just happened? How did we get here? Like, what is going on? 2021 yeah. for me was the year of really dealing with unmet expectations and really, really coming to grips with, I expected to be here and I'm in a totally different place. And that's, 
heartbreaking and disappointing and frustrating and angering. But on the other hand, that different place has its own set of opportunities, its own trajectory, its own journey. I predicted in my head, I was going to be at this point. Okay. This point is not happening. I don't see it ever happening. Not, not with some of the things that have happened, but this other point, Hmm, let me explore this. Let me really take the ceiling off. And then one thing I realized about myself is sometimes when you get knocked down, knocked off course, you do wake up in a sense. You do have to reevaluate. You have to look at yourself from a totally different perspective and say, okay, what can I do now? What can I do with what I have? And sometimes that's very freeing because you have to throw out everything that you already thought because that didn't work. That didn't work at all. And you have to start over. And sometimes starting over makes you just say, okay, I'm going to take the whole box off. I'm going to take all my expectations off. I'm going to take all of my limitations. What if, what if anything was possible? What would I actually do? You know? And when I did that, there were ideas that came to me that probably would have never even come to me had I been stuck in the mindset that I previously had. Um, for example, there are people that were planning on going to college and financial setbacks happen and they can't go right now. And then they decided to start a business. And in that business, I've heard so many people that started a side hustle and now they're actually making more money from their side hustle than they were expecting to make from their degree. And I'm not against college. I'm an educator. I'm just saying that sometimes bouncing back is stopping and reevaluating where you are and reevaluating where you can go. Sometimes we, sometimes we think of bouncing back as, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to head in the same direction. Sometimes it's not heading in the same direction. Sometimes it's heading in a totally different direction, you know, because there are people who they end up in a totally different career than they expected to be in because of some setback, because of some unforeseen experience. You know, there, I was at a meeting the other day and, um, there was a woman who had gone through some devastation in her life, some tragedy in her life. And because of that, she saw some gaps in our social services. And she's like, I don't like the way these people are treating me. I don't like the fact that they just gave me a paper and told me to go on my way. And I don't even know what to do with this paper. There needs to be somebody kind of taking people's hand and showing them how to get through this. And so now she has a nonprofit doing that, but that was not anywhere on her career plan at all. But she bounced back from her tragedy by not only helping herself, but helping hundreds of other people. And so there are so many times when people bounce back and it's life-changing for them because it opened up a whole new avenue of expression for them, you know, 
So. Yeah, I think that is very true. One of the important factors of being able to do that is self-motivation. I remember we were talking about it earlier and that's one of the one of the inspirations to me bringing this topic out is um we were reflecting over time how different situations in life affected us and how we reacted to it differently than others and how that changed the trajectory like you said of us compared to others who would have reacted differently um and more uh how you say you know when you when you let a situation define who you are that's when you lose your motivation of yourself within yourself and that's why i say you can never attach yourself to your mistakes or your failures because then you'll lose your self motivation and that is a very important key factor of being able to bounce back is keeping your self motivation no matter what happens you have to be able to motivate yourself to continue moving forward like you said no matter how hard life hits you have to be able to within yourself say it is not me it is life and i am getting through it it is not me it is life and i am getting through it and so you have to separate the mistakes and the failures and just count that towards life a lot of times we count that towards ourselves and we want to strike ourselves out and every time we think about trying to chase a opportunity or a dream or a goal any kind of vision that we have we think about our failures we don't want to see that again and we tell ourselves well i did that why would not do it with this well because that failure was not you that failure was life so that may not be you this time because it wasn't you then it was life and life may be different now and so when you chase this opportunity it may definitely turn out differently than the last one and you have to continue to chase them no matter how hard it gets knowing that with that self motivation you will definitely reach that yes no matter how many no's you run into you have to be self motivated that is the key to bouncing back being self motivated and never attaching yourself to your failures or your mistakes focus on your rights focus on the things that you need to be doing which is the now stay focused on the now and when you can do that a lot more but like a lot more clearly then you will be able to bounce back way faster than most i think i i agree with you and and when you were talking a lot of ideas were running through my head You know, I listen to all kinds of different uh documentaries and and audiobooks and all of that affirmations, all that kind of stuff. And when you were talking about that's not you. You know, again, that whole idea of holding your identity loosely kind of comes back because 
I think it was Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about how whenever we come to a decision point, there's always, you can go left, you can go right, you can go up, you can go down. You have these different possibilities. And in the quantum physics world of thought, there's all these different realities, like different dimensions, where there is a you out there somewhere that actually made that other choice, which is kind of mind blowing. It's like, how could that be? What are you talking about? But I remember when I was a teenager, there was a TV show where they would go through this wormhole and they could meet different versions of themselves. Do you remember that, Mr. John Ross, a TV show where they could go through the wormhole and they could meet like a different version of themselves that had made a different choice. If you give me the name, maybe I don't. Know I don't remember top, the name of that show, top. but um, so there was a affirmation or a meditation that I had listened to one time, which was really kind of mind blowing, and it was saying how, like, let's say I'm over here. And I've made the choice to be a teacher, okay? But I could at one time have made the choice to be a professional writer. I could have at one time made a choice to be, let's say, a professional artist, right? Because I used to like to draw and things like that. So let's say that I'm over here as a teacher and I'm really frustrated with my job, which really did happen at one time. <laughs> and... I decide that I'm going to go and really delve into my creative side. I'm going to, 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 to follow my passion with writing, with performing, with poetry. Then at one time, that person who was thinking about being a professional writer, they were very vivid in my mind. They were very alive. I squelched that person down and said, Hey, we're going to put all that energy toward teaching, but that person can be resurrected. You know, and in and, and, and the quantum idea, that person is out there living their best life as a professional writer. And so the idea of this affirmation was picture meeting yourself as this person who is doing all of your dreams and then picture that person walking into you and becoming you. And now you have all of their abilities, all of their strengths, all of their fire, all of their confidence. And that's you too. And that was a very powerful visualization. I was like, what if I was, let's say JK Rowling in this alternate reality, billionaire writer, movies on my, my books, you know, action figures with my characters, cartoons with my characters, costumes with my characters. What if I was that person? And you know what? Who's to say that that couldn't happen, you know? So it was it was quite an amazing thing. We're talking about bouncing back to think that there is very little limitation. You know, there is the ability to completely and totally change your life. There is the ability to move in a totally different direction. Um and and I've seen that happen in my life because you know, my business is three years old. So three and a half years ago, none of this existed. This was not real. There was no laughs and lyrics. There was no merch. There was no designs. There were no designs. This is all three years old, three, less than three years. Energy is since October of 2021. I'm sorry, October of 2020. 
less than a year old. So you can completely and totally change your life. You can completely and totally change the direction of your life, you know, and, and even visualizing walking into a totally different life and owning that life and living. How would you feel in that life? How would you feel if you'd made that other choice walking around in that person's skin for, you know, 20 minutes in your head? What would that feel like? Is that the person you want to be? You know, so it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. There's so many different ways to bounce back, but it's not always just staying on the path that you're on. Sometimes it's going on a totally different path. You know, sometimes it's recapturing those dreams that you lost, you know, and, um, that's part of what Zenergy was about. Yeah. That's when you, um, when you were talking and I really, I really liked the way you brought that visualization up. That was very good. Um, it, it made me think about what I visualized when I think about my limitlessness in life. I visualize me in life like me in the ocean, me in water. If you're in water, you just do whatever you want. You float, you swim, you dive, you get out. I mean, you get in. I mean, it's absolutely up to you. There's no direction, no limit to how far up or down. Pretty much it's up to you. So when you think about life, it's very similar. And sometimes we try to function ourselves around too much expectancy or tradition or what other people would say is right for you instead of just swimming in life like water the way that's best for you we don't know what direction that is we don't know how deep you may go you may be able to go much further than me you might be able to hold your breath longer you'll never know until you actually get in the water so i mean you just have to get in and swim you know what i'm saying and find whichever way is best for you there's there's it's it's absolute comfort when I think about it that way, because I visualize myself being totally free. Meaning that, yeah, there is no boundary when you think about life like water. But there also, like you said, there is no limit. And that gives me a certain freedom. That there's no limitation to what I can accomplish how far I can come back from a situation and that I know that even if I have reached the lowest of the low, I can turn that into the highest of the high because that is what life is about. And knowing how to do that is one of the most powerful characteristics of any successful person. If you look at any CEO that is very successful, they will be able to tell you about a loss. There's no way around it. If you are in business and you are really in business, you will be able to tell people about a loss. You know, I want to say something else and then I want to see if, you know, our cameraman has anything to say. 
when it comes to bouncing back, there's an emotional part of it too. There's heartbreak, there's disappointment. You have to, you have to deal with that. But for me, what I did, I would give myself a set amount of time. I would set a timer and I would say for five minutes, for 10 minutes, however long I felt I needed 15 minutes, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna feel sorry for myself. I'm gonna curse the world. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna just be as negative, whatever, whatever I'm feeling, I'm gonna let all that out. And then I'm gonna be done with that for today. Now it may come back tomorrow, but for today, after I've done that, then I'm gonna sit here and try to put positivity in my mind. I'm gonna think of one thing I could be grateful for. I'm gonna think of, I'm gonna imagine being completely out of this situation in a different situation. What would that situation be like? I'm gonna imagine goals that I have coming true. I'm gonna imagine, you know, living the life of my dreams. What would that life actually look like? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna feel all this negativity. I'm not gonna deny it's there. It's there, it's real, but it's also temporary. I don't have to wallow in it forever. You know, and, and what I found sometimes when you resist things that there's a saying, what you resist persists. But if you, a lot of times when I would set that timer for five or 10 or 15 minutes, sometimes I wouldn't even be able to stretch those feelings out that long. It was like when I was really trying to no, come on, come on, give me all the sadness you got. Come on. (laughs) You know, and I'm trying to get after about three or four minutes, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Let me go to the other side. Cause, but when you're trying to, when you're not giving yourself permission to feel it, sometimes it just wants to creep up at the wrong times. It wants to blow up when you aren't expecting it, but just giving yourself permission. Okay. I'm mad. I'm going to be really mad. I'm going to write about how mad I am. I'm going to punch the pillow. I'm a curse, you know, in my room, you know, I'm a, I'm a curse in the pillow, you know, and you just really get it all out. It's just only so much for me. It's just only so much is going to come out and then I'm done. I'm okay. I'm done. Okay. I got, I got nothing else. So that's one thing that helped me to get past some of my negative feelings when I was really hurting and struggling is just giving myself a timer, letting myself feel it. And then flipping to the other side. Okay. I need to go do something positive. I need to go take a walk. You know, I need to go take a shower, feel like all of it's rushing, you know, all the, all of that water is just washing all this stuff out. I need to meditate on something positive. I need to write some goals down. I need to write some affirmations. I need to listen to, you know, 10 minutes of a, of a inspirational book, whatever, you know, so self-care, right? Um, so that's something that I did to help me bounce back, feel my feelings and then come behind it with something positive, feel my feelings, come behind it with something positive, you know, try to build myself up, try to get past those feelings. So that's another thing that helped me to bounce back. So what, what are you thinking, Mr. Cameraman over there? When you, um, talk about when he was talking about the ocean, you know, I, I saw, you know, the ocean, when you speak about it metaphorically, it represents a lot of opportunities, right? Um, some that you see at a distance that, you know, that you have to chronalize your 
steps to get to that point and then some that are just you know not to be pessimistic but that are that could be unattainable and in that ocean too sometimes you don't get in that ocean if you don't know how to swim you know and when i when i look at um myself for an example um jumping between production companies you know the bounce back for that was that listen i'm going to take what i know not necessarily to become uh, a Jeff Bezos of film and production, but what I know so that that way, when I bounce back, I have more of what I've done, but in a different lane. I'm not going to bounce back and go from being a, a camera guy who's into production to trying to record records because there's no, you know, there's no commonality in that. Like, I mean, I could want to do that, but I don't know how to do it. So sometimes when people bounce back, they, it's more of the same, hmm. right? Yeah. I think about bouncing back in another lane. I'm a big sports guy. I think about Chris Paul, who now they've just advanced to the Western Conference Finals. And a few years ago, he was here in the Rock. He's with the Rockets, and everybody shunned him. It was like, oh, he got hurt. Chris Paul is injured. He's this. He's that. He's not gonna make it. He's gonna be washed. He's gonna be another Barkley. But he's bounced back to the point where. Now he's moved forward in, in, in advancing in his playoff pursuit of a championship. But it's in basketball. It's not in football because he doesn't know that. When people bounce back, a lot of times they bounce back in similar lanes. It might not be the lane you were in before, but it's a lane now that it has some similarities and you're not that far off so that that way it's not a complete start over, you know? And uh, that ocean, that ocean analogy, it's a strong one because for me, I'm not getting in any kind of ocean. If if, and I'm not talking about the Pacific Atlantic now. I'm not getting in any kind of ocean where I feel like I can drown in. That means bouncing back for me is not going to law school. Mm-hmm. Bouncing back for me is not going to medical school. It's not even getting a master's degree. Bouncing back for me is figuring out what I'm doing now. And making money in that because, you know, success, if you look at the word and you let people to define it for you, it, it might mean something that they mean success to mean instead of what success means for you. For me, success right now is what I'm doing right now because it's something I've always wanted to do but never knew how to get into it, like I've told you before. So, you know, success and bouncing back, you know, it can, if you're not careful on how you want to define it. It can kind of like, you know, get you out of focus. Yeah. That's true. You know, for me, a lot of my bouncing back, I feel like I, there's this, there's this thing, I think it's called Sankofa. It's a picture of this bird that actually can curl around to where its beak can touch its back. Mm. All right. And it's a symbol of reaching back to the past and connecting the past to your spot where you are right now. And for me, that's part of bouncing back. I do a lot of reaching back to the past. Who was I as a child? What came, you know, what came easily to me as a child? What inspired me as a child? What, 
what when I was younger, when I was in my 20s and I felt like I could take on the world. I felt like there was no stopping me. I felt like and then I'm in my 40s or 50s and I've totally like, oh, my God, I, I lost it. How did I feel that way right then? What was it about that moment where I felt limitless? How do I get that back? And for me, sometimes it's actually just going back and going back to certain memories and kind of mining that memory for who I was at that point. Because I feel that we're like nesting dolls. You know, uh, it, w- it was Sandra Cisneros and she said there's a, there's a, a short story she has and she says, today I turned 11 but inside I'm 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And I love that beginning because I'm about to turn 51 in September, but I'm still going to be inside 50, 49, 48, all the way back. That person is still in there. It's just that I've lost touch with her. And so sometimes... It's going to sound crazy to some people, but sometimes I want to say, hey, 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 old me, come here. Because I lost something along the way. Tell me what you would do. You know, which, what would you do in this situation? Tell me what you would feel. Tell me what you would think. Because sometimes as we grow, we get a lot of benefits, but sometimes we lose a couple of things along the way. And for me, bouncing back has been going back to retrieve some of those things that I lost, some of that, some of that faith and some of that hope and some of that um, just perseverance, you know, that, that, you know, you can't tell me I can't do it. You know, I used to be that kind of rebellious, you know, person. I'm a lot more conformist now, but there's that rebel still in me. So that's one thing that I have found um, going back and having the, the past touch my present. And when I really get in sync, and, and to me, that's also getting in touch with yourself, meditation, centering yourself, becoming fully yourself. Because, you know, I feel like if I can be fully myself, then I can pull all the strength that I've ever had, all the wisdom, all the joy, all the love. I can pull all of that into now, you know. And when I've been able to do that, it has given me so much because I've been able to pull from my own reservoir of who I was. And I've been able to go back and say, you know, you're the person who raised two kids with no child support. So, you know, you can do this, you know, I mean, your ex owes you $83,000 in child support. You know, you got all of what, $5,000 in 18 years. You can figure out a way to pay all these bills. You can do it. You know, you're the person who dealt with this and this and this and this, you know, and, and just really giving yourself credit for everything that you've gotten through in the past. And now you're pardoned. Now you're pardon. Come on. Yeah. You know, so it was just, yeah, you're the person who nine people died in your life mm. in five years. Yeah. And you figured out a way to not go crazy and mm. not feel completely like you lost everything and everyone. Mm. Mm. You know, so, I mean, just 
yeah, so that for me was like, this is what I've been through. This is how I got through it. I am that person. I may be struggling right now. I may have fallen completely on my face. I may have made some mistakes, lost some money, lost a relationship, you know, but because I did all this in the past and because I still am that person, I can pull all of that resilience into where I am now. And I can remember that because I did it before, I can do it again. Yeah, yeah. You know? we, we got to stay right there because I, I was waiting for you to get to that point. That's what really, <laughs> when you remove everything, like, you know, let's yeah. not talk about success. Let's not talk about uh, what we do in our careers. Let's talk about the personal. When you remove, you know, when you get to the point where people in your lives start to fade, you know, you lose somebody here, somebody that meant the world to you and they supported you and everything, you lose that. Then you find your way back from that. And now you're bouncing back. You're getting back to yourself. Well, now you feel confident in yourself again to be able to produce just as being a human being. Like when you said nine people and you, and you lose nine people in five years, I think you said, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? That, that, that type of like loss, you know, not seeing that person again. Monty Williams again lost his wife in 2016 in a car crash. Mm. You know, putting somebody under. And then having to, um, you know, you pull somebody, you, you go through all that emotion, you put somebody under, and then it stops, everything stops. And then you have to relive that when you come back and you don't see that person and you, you want to go and you've said it before in podcasts before where you want to, you said that everybody above you that you can look for counsel is gone. When you now you're potting, you're talking about this bounce because sometimes the bounce back has to do with just life in general in terms of like, hey, my mom's not here, my son is gone, my pops is not here. How do I get back to even feel confident in having a child again, or being a mother to you know to my kid who has a kid? You know, what I'm saying you know what I'm saying. So bouncing back sometimes is is everything within ourselves. Like, how do I get back to who I was before I lost that person that meant the world to me. When you said, you pardon now. You pardon now. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, you. I mean, it's, it's, I think sometimes we just have to realize who we are mm. and that so many times I felt like I lost. I lost who I am. I lost myself. And I have said that so many times when I got divorced, I lost myself. I didn't know who I was, you know. But that was just a feeling. It really wasn't the truth, you know. And then it took a little bit of time for me to feel like, okay, I know who I am again. I didn't lose myself. I didn't betray myself. Mm. I didn't. I just made some choices and I went through some things, but I really didn't lose myself. That was just an impression. That was just an illusion. I, re I, got, I still got me. I still got me, you know, and, and I still know who I am, you know, so... You seem like you're deep in thought over there. I kind of wanted you to chime in and then we're probably going to wrap this up because I think we've covered a lot. I think we've given the people a lot of things mm. to think about, mm. you know, um, that you can come back from wherever you are in so many different ways, personally, professionally, you know, come back from a, from a relationship, you know. And, and if you follow me on Facebook, you will see my inner thoughts because a lot of times when I have thoughts questions 
I'm writing them out. I'm, I'm, I'm putting them out there for the world because I feel like, hey, if I'm thinking about it, maybe other people are also. Writing is one way that I get my thoughts down and I make sense of the world, you know, and I, and I put a lot of that out there. That's, that's one way I bounce back is to write, you know. You know, it's one way I bounce back. So, yeah. I what's... think um, going back to what he said about how um, the common thing that people do when they bounce back is they stick with what they know as much as they can. And I think that that is definitely true. And that is also important to understand that that is reasonable and that that is a good way of keeping everything that you are good at and you know how to do well and using it to your advantage instead of having to, like he said, start over. Um, so when I, when I think about that, I do, I do realize that There was a there was a quote that pretty much I kind of made to myself um, when he said that is a uh, you have to redirect your rights within your wrongs. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to ditch everything because you did something wrong. Just redirect all the things you did right and just ditch only the wrong. That's it. I mean, so you really have only like. 1% of the 100% of things you're doing right to ditch. There was probably only one decision or one second or one moment you didn't go with your gut feeling or whatever. Ditch that and leave that where it was. But everything else that you were doing right up until that point, don't leave that. Don't forget that. Keep that and just redirect it. And when you do that, know that over time when you look back at your life as we wrap it up you're gonna realize it was never about your wrongs or your mistakes or failures it was always about your comebacks it was always about the way that you bounced back that's what you're gonna that's what you're gonna be proud of that's what you're gonna that's what you're gonna be willing to leave as a legacy I like the legacy thing, but let me say this because there is something that just came to my mind that we didn't really address. There is another side to going back to what you are used to. You know, I am a woman, obviously, mm. and I have had heartbreak. Mm. And there are things that women tend to do when they have heartbreak. We tend to cut our hair. Mm. When I remember when I was in college, I was engaged. First time I was engaged and I was really in love and he broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you ask him, he would say, I broke his heart, but no, <laughs> you know, he did my first. But anyway, I remember I had really long hair at the time. My hair was like almost like below my shoulder blades. And I walked into the stylist on campus and I said, I wanted Anita Baker short. I want it so short. I can't roll it. And she said, why would you want to do that? I said, because I want to look in the mirror and not recognize myself. I want to be looking at somebody new. I can't look. I don't feel like the same person. I just, at that time, I thought I had lost the love of my life. That's what I thought at that time. I lost the future that I saw. I thought I was going to marry this man. I thought we were going to have kids together. I thought, at 
that time, shock, surprise, Instagram, I thought I was going to be a pastor's wife and he was going to be the pastor. Okay. Totally different lifestyle. Okay. So this was where I was. This was where I was a long time ago. A whole nother lifestyle. A whole nother lifestyle. A whole nother lifetime. I wanted to look. And, and I remember getting my hair cut, Anita Baker short. And I was, I was 145 pounds back then, five, six. Very thin, very athletic. Used to run two to four miles a day. I remember walking into church and nobody recognized me. And I was like, yes, <laughs> nobody even recognized me. They didn't even know who I was. They were like, hi, is this your first time here? I was like, no, I don't recognize you. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad. You know, I wanted nobody to recognize me. I didn't want to recognize myself. You know, women, we buy new wardrobes. We throw out the bed. We throw out the bed sheets. We, we, totally change our environment because for us to bounce back sometimes it takes a whole over uh, like a whole do-over a whole makeover a whole we have to do something drastic some women lose a lot of weight you know I remember my second divorce I went from a size 24 to a size 18 I threw all of those clothes out and I said, I'll never be over size 18 again, which I have actually accomplished that in six years. Even though my weight's gone up and down, I at least stayed in that size. That's a whole nother way, you know, bouncing back, saying, okay, I'm going to regain something. I, I gained a lot of weight in that relationship and I'm going to get it off. I'm going to get that off of me. So sometimes bouncing back is reclaiming your environment, totally changing your look, giving yourself permission to be somebody absolutely new. You might get a tattoo. You might get a nose piercing. You might move to a different city or state because you might need a fresh start. That's what some people do. So sometimes it is going back to a similar lane and sometimes it's going back to, like I said, something very different going in a different direction, you know, so you have to just follow your heart many times and just think about what is going to get you away from the failure, the setback and get you closer to where you want to be. And for me, whenever I've needed to make drastic changes in my life, I've always had to do something physical whether it was changing, painting my house, um, you know, cutting all my hair off and going natural. I've always had to, because I needed, I needed something that made me know I was different. That every time I looked at myself or I looked at my surroundings, I knew I was different. I knew my life was different. Buying a new car, you know, um, like I said, some people have to do that. I've had to do that, you know, many times. Um, so you have to do whatever it takes to bounce back, you know. Is there anything you guys want to say as we kind of wrap up about this topic of bouncing back? I think that we covered it. I think we definitely did. Got to do it at your own pace. That's true. That's true. 
Well, I hope that you guys got some inspiration. You know, Zenergy is all about fuel for the mind, body, and soul. And this um, package is actually a chronicle of one of my ways that I bounced back when I was going through quarantine and I was thinking about the things that I had in my past that really kind of made me realize what I could lean on. And I started thinking about the fact that I had, you know, abundance and I had, you know, access to different things. I had accountability and I had the ability to take action and adapt. And so all of these different topics, you know, you can buy this for 15. It comes with the workbook, the journal, you know, a motivational band tab, stickers, and you can work through those different topics. I'm actually working on volume two right now, which is going to have a few A's and some more, some of the B's and have like 16 more topics. I'm going to have that finished by the end of June and I'll be launching volume two and launching the workshops for volume two. And I'll still be selling volume one, you know, but, um, I want to thank you guys for joining us for Zenergy. And may you walk in Zenergy. Have a great night. My name is Zenashe, and I have a weekly podcast called Zenergy, which is fuel for the mind, body, and soul. And this is the Zenergize Your Life Goal Setting Package, Volume 1. It comes with the workbook, a journal, stickers, a bookmark, tabs, and a QR code where you can find my podcast. And inside this workbook, you're going to have 16 different principles. The first one I'm going to show you mine is abundance. You have a place to put pictures that inspire you of role models, also pictures of goals that you want to create, goals, journal prompts, meditations, affirmations, all kinds of things to help you focus on this principle to better your life. And like I said, there's 16 principles. So this is a $15 package that comes with all of these things I've shown you, $21 with shipping and handling, and you can get it at laughsandlyrics.com. So zenergize your life with me. Thank you. Plenty of guppies and other dating misadventures. Lust, loss, and lessons of love. From 101 Dates, a memoir told in poetry and prose, read by the author, Zenashe. I believe that no experience is a waste. It either taught me what I desire or what I should deny my time and energy. Life is a school that gives us the test and then the lesson. So here are the lessons I learned on this seven-year journey. Hopefully these lessons will enrich your life. They certainly enrich mine. You can save this list for later as each lesson is written at the end of each chapter. But I included it on page two for those who might be curious or want it later as a reference. Happy reading. Chapter one, attitude. I belong to that classification of women that men don't think exist, single by choice and content. Many men fathom themselves fairy godfathers, warning women to wed, settle down, Commit before the clock strikes old age and we're left in the cinders with only birds and cats as company. Once their warnings might have stuck, but that was years ago, before my odyssey. I started out like most young women, a virgin, saving myself, 
fearful of sex like a roller coaster I'd always wanted to ride but couldn't truly picture myself climbing on. Pregnancy and STDs, enough of a threat to keep me on the kiddie rides, safe and secure and thrillless. Marriage came and went, long, unfulfilling, outside of my children. Not at all like people said it would be. Divorce, for me, signaled a new beginning. Enter the first online profile. I posted a pic, wondering if any man would even notice me, and got 100 inboxes in three days. The ugly duckling was a swan, it seemed. And I was ready after being a tension and sex star for years. This was a chance to see how the single, ready to mingle, half lived. I lined up 16 meet and greets in as many days, and in walked JJ. JJ. Dad bod, but with the smooth practice air of a man who knew how to mac. He was just what I wanted, needed, craved. A good listener, patient, willing to give me as much sex as I could handle, and after nine years of dealing with impotence, I could handle a lot. He was wine and flowers and soft jazz romantic. Taught me I was multi-orgasmic, something I didn't know, although I'd been married twice and was 43 years old. He was fun, carefree, and asked for nothing. I was spoiled. I didn't have to cook, clean, wash, put up with BS. 